News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 136 of the Luke Messiah Show. Today we are going to talk about all things election integrity, and it is an issue that we've covered a number of times on our podcast, but over the last week, this has become one of the most talked about issues in Texas politics, and we're going to walk back to tell you why that is. The Texas legislature passed a rather comprehensive election integrity piece of legislation. If you want to back up two years ago, Stephanie Click, who was chairman of the Elections Committee at the time, worked with uh, Republicans in the Texas House and, and some have surmised other leaders that didn't want it to pass uh, to kill election integrity legislation that was passed in the Senate. And this would have been prior to um, the uh, presidential elections. And so then we came around to this session where election integrity was deemed one of the most important issues on the minds of Republican voters. And the Texas House again killed that legislation, Dade Phelan telling the Democrats, if you want to walk out, you can, um, but we'll probably pass it some other time. And so Greg Abbott calls this issue back up during the special session, and they pass a rather comprehensive election integrity package through the Senate, through the House, and signed by the governor. Um, And then everybody applauded this policy. I mean, all these statements, this is amazing, this is awesome, this is great. Now, if you want to know a couple good things about that policy, they did address mail-in ballots in a way that hasn't been addressed before, and it is much harder to run the mail-in ballot harvesting operations that Democrats have been running for quite some time. Um, Other people have come out and said that they could have been stronger in the way they handled that, that they did compromise too much. But the truth is that we can at least recognize the fact that the things that we passed regarding mail-in ballots and some restrictions around you harvesting them are really beneficial when it comes to getting at the heart of some of the Democrat operations on election fraud. And so that was passed. But one little problem with this bill, and that is that they literally – lowered the criminal penalty for illegally voting. If that sounds weird, it's because it is. Um, And in December of this year, when this law takes effect, you will not be charged with as high as a second-degree felony, which is what was the law. Now it's going to be moved to a Class A misdemeanor. And uh, that's crazy. It's crazy that literally before Republicans passed their election integrity bill, uh, it was a felony if you illegally voted. And now it's just a misdemeanor. This is strange. This was um, a policy change that was pushed in the Texas House. It literally made it past the Senate without them realizing what the House had done and then evidently got signed into law without the governor realizing what he had done, or he did realize what he had done at the time and just, you know, thought that the fact that they were passing this election integrity bill would cover up for the issue of making it less of a crime to illegally vote. Dan Patrick has been pushing people ever since he realized the problem to address this issue and has been urging the governor to do so. Finally, just a couple Uh, days ago, I guess it was, last week, uh, the governor came out and added this to the special session call. 
Now, I want to tell you why, first and foremost, before we get into the kind of aftermath. So I'll, I'll, I'll get to the punchline now. Here's what you can know. Um, Governor Abbott has called on the legislature to go back and take that back up to a felony. Okay, basically admitting that the bill that he signed into law that did all this stuff for election integrity didn't quite accomplish everything that he wanted it to accomplish. In fact, it made it less of a crime to illegally vote. So he's now asked the legislature to fix that. Dan Patrick has supported that. And Dade Phelan is opposing it, the Republican Speaker of the House, and has basically said, I see no reason to go back and right this wrong. The truth is, I think Dade Phelan's point is it wasn't a wrong. The Texas House passed a Amendment. It was passed as a compromise with Democrats that we didn't need to compromise on, but we did it anyways. And we're going to keep things the way they are. We don't have any intention of going back and relitigating the issue, is what he said. So before we get to the Patrick versus Phelan issue on this election integrity um, situation with Greg Abbott kind of being right there in the middle, which he does like being in, we have to first circle back to what has happened with Governor Abbott and President Trump on election integrity. So Texas passed this huge election integrity piece of legislation, and the left freaked out and Hollywood freaked out, and liberals talked about how they weren't going to come to Texas, same as the heartbeat bill. We're not going to make our movies here. We're not going to come here. You know, businesses saying this is bad. We're Jim Crow-style laws. All of this is false. It's just what the left does anytime Republicans do anything that is Republican. They freak out. And so they did. But the one person who didn't say this is the most amazing thing ever is President Trump. Because President Trump and a lot of supporters of the president, as well as Alan West and Don Huffines and Chad Prather, have all been calling on Texas to do a forensic audit of the entire 2020 elections, just like they did in Arizona, just like we're calling for in Pennsylvania and other places like that. They're saying, hey, why don't we do a full forensic audit of the 2020 Texas elections? Now, one, that would potentially uh, reveal some fraud in certain areas, not that would overturn the presidential elections because President Trump won Texas. But um, there has been a call for states to do this, and, and Governor Abbott has opposed that call so far. And so after this election integrity legislation passed, while the national media is talking about how awesome this is if they're the conservative media and the left is freaking out, President Trump comes out and sends an open letter to Governor Abbott saying, hey, um, I would like Texas to forensically audit its elections. And all of my supporters want Texas to forensically audit the elections. Why, you need to put this on the special session so that we can pass Steve Toth and Paul Bettencourt's bill that forensically audit the entire 2020 elections. And Governor Abbott kind of freezes because here's the problem. Donald Trump has endorsed him for his re-election campaign, so he doesn't want to upset this guy and openly defy him. But he also has no desire to forensically audit the 2020 election. So a couple hours later, the Secretary of State, by the way, we don't really have a Secretary of State because the Senate didn't confirm the last Secretary of State for Governor Abbott because during the last election, that Secretary of State worked with the governor's office to actually basically waive a lot of the regulations we had and rewrite Texas election code, just extending early voting, rewriting the rules, doing what we've accused Democrats of doing in Pennsylvania and Arizona and in a or I guess Pennsylvania at least, in an illegal way, Michigan. We did those same things here in Texas, which actually makes a forensic audit even harder because they got rid of the chain of custody of some of these ballots. And so the reality is that the governor's last secretary of state issued so many waivers to all the blue counties that then were able to run these completely ridiculous systems that in no way computed with state law. 
So that secretary of state was not confirmed by the Senate, and therefore there is no secretary of state currently. There's an acting secretary of state. There hasn't even been a new one appointed by the governor. But that office that doesn't even have a secretary of state issued a statement saying, hey, this was two hours, by the way, after governor, after President Trump had told Governor Abbott, I want to forensically audit the elections. I want you to support this legislation and put it on the special session call. And Governor Abbott had his secretary of state office put out a statement announcing that they were auditing four large Texas counties, which, again, a bunch of lazy media on both the right and the left then write their stories. Oh, Texas begins forensic audit of these four counties, you know, and starts writing about it, which is what Abbott wanted done because he wanted to kind of cover up for the fact that he was opposing the audit. Okay. Um, He then went on Chris Wallace and Chris Wallace asked him uh, about this issue. So we're going to go to that clip real quick and then come back. Let me, finally, this week, former President Trump sent you an open letter uh, asking for an audit of the 2020 presidential election in the state of Texas, which we should note he won by about 600,000 votes. Within hours, the Secretary of State of Texas, uh, an office that you appoint, agreed and has ordered audits in four of Texas's biggest counties. A couple of questions. One, isn't it just a terrible waste of taxpayer money to have an audit in a state that everybody says went fine and that uh, President Trump won by 600,000 votes. And aren't you contributing to this undermining confidence in our election process? I got to make several points about this. One, the the context here, and that is there are audits of every aspect of government. We have a state auditor. There's a federal auditor uh, for the way that government operations work. Uh, uh, Businesses that are public companies are subject to an annual audit. Why do we audit everything in this world, but people raise their hands in concern when we audit elections, which is fundamental to our democracy? Second point, uh, and that is that uh, these audits uh, that the state of Texas uh, is doing, they actually began months ago because the Secretary of State of Texas has an obligation uh, to make sure that we do conduct audits in the state of Texas, and they have to be done in a way before any evidence about it would be eliminated, which will be next September. And so those audits were already underway. The last point is this, and that is Donald Trump won the state of Texas. We know regardless of the outcome of these audits, Donald Trump will still have won the state of Texas. However, we do have every single year, including in the 2020 elections, allegations of illegal voting in places I, in the I, state I, of Texas. Okay. We have a responsibility to ensure out, I would the integrity out, and confidence on, on in the Thursday, elections in the state of Texas. Ordered, he asked for the audit, and suddenly there were new audits announced by the, uh, in four counties by the Secretary of State's office within hours of that on Thursday. Governor Abbott, thank you. Thanks for talking with us today. Always good. Here's what's funny. What's remarkable that came out of that interview, um, and I don't know if any of y'all caught it, but it was actually the part where Greg Abbott said, Chris, these audits have been going on for months. So why would your office, why would the Secretary of State office issue a statement announcing that they are auditing these four counties, that they've been auditing for months? Later on, one of the Democrats in Harris County came out and said, I don't know what you're talking about. We're not getting audited. We know nothing about an audit. Nothing has happened. The Secretary of State's office ended up being forced to issue a list of what they were doing. And Jasper uh, Scherer with the Houston Chronicle actually said in in his tweet, he said, um, per the Secretary of State, the 2020 election audit Governor Abbott said was underway in Harris, Dallas, Tarrant, and Collin counties. So far consists of stuff that regularly happens after elections. 
new audit steps planned for spring of 2020. So they issued this long list of things. Oh, well, here's what we've been doing for months to audit these four counties. And it ends up that those things are just things that always happen. There is no independent forensic audit happening of these four counties. And then they say, oh, well, our new audit steps are planned for the spring of 2020. Do you know what happens in the spring of 2020? It's the end of the Republican primary. So why would we do anything right now? Because this is all kind of a facade that we're doing to make sure Texans think we actually care about auditing the elections and to try to convince President Trump that we're auditing the elections. So President Trump doesn't fall for it, and he comes out. He actually just came out with his third statement, okay? And this is literally what he says. He says that Texas needs to lead with a strong and real audit. And this is a quote, not a weak risk-limiting audit that is being slow-walked through the Secretary of State's office. So this is kind of a direct shot at Governor Abbott, who is basically using his power in office of the Secretary of State to kind of slow-walk this situation. Trump continues to hold off on directly criticizing Abbott. He actually said, everyone feels certain Governor Abbott will follow suit, basically saying the Senate is acting. They filed this legislation. I'm grateful for Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick and Paul Bettencourt working on this legislation. We all feel confident Governor Abbott's going to follow suit. Now, is Governor Abbott going to follow suit? Maybe, maybe not. He definitely doesn't want to right now. And you can hear him with Chris Wallace just trying to kind of say, what I'm doing is enough. I don't want to do this thing that President Trump has asked me to do. And so he issues that. And I kind of give you that as a backdrop to now going into our new drama, which is why election integrity is having all sorts of effects, okay? So Governor Abbott has now come out, which I think is also probably a result of the pressure he's getting from President Trump because he's trying to shore up his bona fides on election integrity. And so he comes out and says, I want to reverse the bill that I signed in that lowered the criminal penalty for illegally voting. I would now like the legislature to come back and take the penalty back to what it was, which is a felony. And Dan Patrick came out in support immediately, right? He said, thanks, Governor Abbott, for for placing a correction to an amendment on SB1, which decreases the penalty for voting illegally on the call. The House added a last minute and went under the radar. Um... This is kind of – I'm reading you a tweet, so it kind of runs together. The House added this amendment, basically is what he's saying, last minute and went under the radar until Governor, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, and I found it and agreed then it must be corrected. The Senate will pass this next week. So this happens on September 30th. And again, Dan Patrick is basically tying himself with Abbott and Paxton saying, hey, guess what? This is a problem. It's the House's fault. They decreased the crime for voting, and we're going to fix this next week. And the attorney general's with me and the governor's with me. So he – Abbott – Patrick does this in his statements. He, he's, he's tying himself with these other characters, saying it's very obvious that we're all on board. Now where's the other person going to come? And the Texas House responded. Dade Phelan, the speaker, said SB1 passed during the second special session. Um. SB1, which was passed during the second special session, makes Texas elections safer and more secure. After two quorum breaks by a number of House Democrats, this important legislation made its way through the House after several thoughtful amendments were adopted. SB1 was then passed by the Senate. So this is where he's kind of blaming Patrick, saying, after we amended this, the Senate passed it. 
It was then passed by the Senate after both chambers and the Office of the Attorney General thoroughly reviewed and weighed in on the bill. With much acclaim from the elected officials and voters, Governor Greg Abbott then signed the bill into law. Now is not the time to relitigate. Instead, the House will remain focused on its constitutional obligation to pass redistricting maps, and members look forward to fulfilling this critical task. So Dade is saying a couple things. First of all, the governor looked at this. The attorney general's office looked at it. The lieutenant governor saw it. The fact that they couldn't see one of the few amendments that we added on also made it easier to cheat, meaning less of a crime. When I say easier, I mean less of a penalty. If you tell somebody that's a felony or you say, hey, you can illegally vote, it might be a misdemeanor. It's a lot easier to go in and get away with it. It also gives you more leverage to try to you know, negotiate things down if we're not starting at felony level. Um, and I'm not a defense attorney, but I know enough to know that it's completely irresponsible for the Texas House to have done this. And now Dade Phelan's going, well, you all signed off on it, and I'm not going to fix it. So Dan Patrick is saying we have to do this. In fact, I'm doing it next week. Dave Phelan's saying I'm not getting around to doing this. We're not going to do it. And Greg Abbott is now back in his kind of role as Switzerland in a conflict. He took an issue, and I think he put it out there because Trump is telling him to audit the Texas elections. He's not going to audit the Texas elections. And so he wants to now find other issues to put himself on the right side of. And this is another area he's vulnerable. And he's heading into a competitive primary. So he says, hey, in the special session, I want this issue addressed. Dan Patrick has been pushing for it to be addressed. If anything, he's the tip of the spear on this issue. So he says, absolutely, we're for it. We're going to pass it right away. We're going to jump on top of it. And Dade Phelan says, no, I'm not interested. So now what are we going to do? We're at an impasse. There's all sorts of leverage. Dan Patrick could just not pass the Texas House's redistricting maps. There could be other issues that come up. We could be forced into special session after special session. Election integrity, there's a lot of information happening. There's a lot of, uh, of relevant political and policy implications to the actions. I hope you've kind of gained a picture, a window that you've seen into uh, what's happening and can understand these issues a little bit more. I think conflict is always good within the Republican Party, because when the Republican elected officials are united, that usually means they're united um, behind causing confusion to the voters as to what they did. Okay, last session's a good example. that We had this massively purple session that was horrifically moderate, and yet every one of the elected officials would have told you it was the most conservative thing since sliced bread, except for a handful of patriots that admitted it was a horrendous session. And for though that was what happens when elected officials are united. When they're united, they're usually united together against you, the normal Texas Republican conservative voter. Um, and so disunity is always good for us. It means that they're less loyal to each other, and it means one of them is potentially on your side. That's the good news whenever there's conflict. In this situation, Dan Patrick is pushing a policy that would be good for conservative Texans. Dade Phelan is opposing it, and now Greg Abbott has to decide really where he's at. All he's done is put it on the special session, and then he shut up about it. He didn't issue statements about it. He hasn't posted about it. He hasn't asked Dade Phelan to reconsider. He's not doing anything publicly. He's kind of in this Switzerland role, and we'll see. Because if the session comes and goes, and it's October 21st, and Dade Phelan still successfully killed the bill, and then Dan Pat or Greg Abbott says, we're just going to let this go, he's admitted that he's letting this penalty be reduced to a misdemeanor, and he's not doing anything about it.
So it'll be interesting to see how all of these dynamics play. If I were you and I was a freedom-loving Texan, I would follow this issue rather closely. We'll, of course, try to keep you updated here on our show. Um, thank you so much for continuing to follow along. If you haven't listened to Pedro Gonzalez's conversation from last week, I really would recommend that you go back and listen to it. Pedro is a thought leader um, in the new right and really is doing a phenomenal job articulating uh, a little bit of a new way forward for those of us to consider who are looking around noticing the fact that conservatives, as we traditionally think of it, people that have largely associated themselves as conservatives, are not conserving a whole lot. We're losing ground on so many levels, and Pedro really um, causes us to question what that means about how we should then live and operate and engage in the political process. I think you'll really learn a lot from that conversation. Um, Have a blessed week. Thank you for following along. God bless you, and God bless Texas. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messia Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless Texas.